Hello, my name is Amelia Slocum and I'm a Managing Director and Head of Legal at the LMA. I'm delighted to introduce this LMA podcast on a digital syndicated loan market, fact or fiction, hosted by Clifford Chance. I will now hand over to Pooja Patel, who will be chairing this podcast. Thank you for joining us today and to the LMA for the opportunity to host this podcast. My name is Pooja Patel and I'm a Senior Associate Knowledge Lawyer at Clifford Chance, focusing on fintech. I'm joined by Alice Jeffries and Bram Cocken, who will offer their unique perspectives on the elusive question, is a digital syndicated loans market fact or fiction? Alice, Bram, would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure, certainly. Thanks, Pooja. I'm Alice Jeffries. I'm a senior associate at Clifford Chance in the global financial markets, focusing on loan products, primarily in the fund financing space. I've got broad experience in the cross-border syndicated loans and also through secondments, I've worked firsthand in both traditional and alternative lending providers. I founded the Clifford Chance Global Gender Parity Group, and I'm also heavily involved in diversity initiatives. I have a special interest in innovation, including working with fintech startups and on internal continuous improvement and technology projects. A lot is promised from technological development, whether it be growing revenues or simply more efficient structures, meaning with all that efficiency going on, I should have plenty of time to take up a new hobby every night of the week. But from my perspective, the question is really, what can we expect? And with that, how can we make sure that technological innovation works for all of the stakeholders in the syndicated loan market? and does so also in a way that aids our diversity and our ESG initiatives. Thanks, Alice. My name is Bram Kokker. I work in the innovation team within Clifford Chance, and my job title is the product manager of CC Draft, which is our document automation service that we provide to our clients. My background is I started as a lawyer within Clifford Chance, working in the financial markets group, and over time further developed, specialized into my current role as the product manager of CC Draft. And in this role, I can combine both my knowledge in understanding the documents that need to be automated, but also my enthusiasm, or referring back to Alice, her introduction, my hobby for technology in making manual processes way more efficient. With quite some experience in automating loan documentation and ancillary documentation, such as security documents, cover letters, etc. And I'm also involved in various initiatives that have the mission to digitalize loans. So I'm very happy that I can share my perspective today, which is a little bit of a spoiler alert, going to be a very optimistic perspective. Great. Both your career paths and experiences should set us up for a dynamic discussion. So let's start with where we are now. Can you tell us what has been happening so far around digitalization in the syndicated loan market? Alice, coming to you first. Sure. So I think the most obvious thing to say is I see a lot of activity in this area. What does that really mean? It means large traditional alternative lenders, law firms, professional advisors, central banks, governments, all actively considering the future of finance, to borrow the Bank of England's terminology. And that's including in the syndicated loan market. But maybe from a a slightly less optimistic perspective, I think the question is, is all the hype about blockchain, AI, smart contracts, whole lifecycle platforms, is that really actually changing the day-to-day for market participants? So have I taken up some new hobbies other than this interest in, in technology, as Ram put it? I think the short answer to that is no, I haven't. 
Now, that doesn't mean, though, that my day-to-day working life doesn't look drastically different to what it did 10 years ago, say. And what I really attribute that to at the moment is what some might call the kind of small picture changes. But small picture changes obviously can lead to a much bigger digitalized world overall and certainly can be time-saving and increase efficiency. Maybe just to give you a range of the type of things that I'm seeing, let's take a deal life cycle that I would see on a syndicated loan. Now, starting at the beginning from a lawyer's perspective, certainly if I'm not using a precedent, I would always use an automated template facility agreement to pre-populate names, to select relevant boilerplates. And that's not revolutionary, but it is hugely time-saving and is something that we've done for a long time and that the market is now doing much more as well and much more broadly. And what's interesting about that automization of templates is it's really the starting point for smart contracts that can be used also then on DLT platforms and other things. So it's starting with something that really is just time-saving but can lead to much more. So then moving on, if I have a transaction with lots of conditions precedents, I might use a transaction management platform. Litera Transact is probably the most common one we'd use at Clifford Chance. And that can be really helpful in terms of sharing and documenting where different large numbers of documents are during a transaction timeline. The biggest problem I experience with that is on a deal with a large lender syndicate is the ability of all participants, so all law firms and all lenders and the borrower side, all being able to use the same platform. And that can make things challenging because obviously we're only going to spend more time if we have to use multiple platforms or email plus platforms and so forth. Then moving on to maybe a little bit more techie in terms of products that I actively use in my day-to-day. So due diligence is an area that I know a lot of people are interested in, in terms of how you can seamlessly make a due diligence process more efficient. And one of the things I'd say is mostly still due diligence uh, with the type of transactions that I work on is still done manually. But there are areas where I use Kira, which is an AI tool for data extraction, to pre-review and pre-flag potential problematic provisions. It's super helpful once you've taken the time to train it and to flag so that the system can learn what you're looking for. Then every time it gets easier and easier. And it's not just me who can then use it. It's other people within my team who are doing tasks with not necessarily repeat tasks. It's a repeat task. They will be all bespoke documents, as you'd expect in our type of market. But where there is a high level of substance crossover. I think I would say, in terms of what you're looking for in those documentation. Then moving back along the timeline, so I've got my document, I've done the due diligence, CPs are going great, we're nearly ready to sign. There are lots of tools which can then help in terms of proofreading, so Contract Companion being a a really good one that we use a lot, which can reduce down what would have been a day's worth of proofing for my proofing team into probably an hour, five minutes for me to run it and 55 minutes for me to go through the results, ending up with just a much better overall product in the end. 
And along those lines, there's also a lot of comparison tools out there now that everybody will be familiar with the kind of classic word document compare. But I don't know whether everybody now uses, but certainly it's it's becoming much more common in my day to day is comparing not just word documents, but PDFs, PowerPoints, and also multiple documents. So say I get a pack on the due diligence of 100 documents, I could put them all into a comparison to see how similar they are to each other. And why that's really useful is it can also tell me whether I want to use a kind of data extraction tool to help with these types of tasks. I know how similar the documents are going to be, so how effective that type of thing might be. And then right at the very end, electronic signing. Obviously, there's lots of different electronic signing platforms, DocuSign, Adobe Sign and others. And I'm sure everybody has seen a huge increase during the pandemic with electronic signing, which is certainly looking like it's here to stay and really making, I think, everybody's day-to-day lives where it is possible to use much, much easier. So that's the smaller picture, my day-to-day. What am I seeing on the bigger picture? Certainly not changing my life quite yet. There's only a couple of syndicated loan transactions that I'm aware of that have been done on platform-based solutions. And they have quite specific circumstances as to why they've been done that way. But there are a lot of projects. There are a lot of startups that exist in this area. From my personal experience, for example, I sit on a working group for a business called Loan Optics, which is run in collaboration with the ING Innovation Lab. And they aim to develop a cloud-based platform for the full life cycle of a syndicated loan. Quite an ambitious task. And I really think sitting on fintech working groups like this means that you can input. You can be as skeptical as you like. You can come in and you say, I just don't think this is going to work because my job is too bespoke. But come in with that review and help develop something that is actually going to work for all the stakeholders and work for the environment that you want to work in in the future. The downside is it's a long road. It's years in discussion, development stages trials before you even get a marketable product. Then when you get a marketable product, there's a lot of scalability issues. And then there's uptake, which I talked about, for example, in terms of transaction management platforms. So there's a lot of things going on there, which I'm expecting will change a lot more in the future. Bram, that's probably one that you can add in a lot on there. Would you like to kind of input on the big picture solutions? Yeah, happy to. I think I acknowledge a lot of the things that you recognize and see in terms of that Perhaps for some of the elements, we're only at the start of the journey. I think if you look at document automation, it's been out there for over 20 years. So document automation is already quite advanced in terms of the complexity of the documents that can be automated, etc. E-signing, it's still developing, but it's already good enough where it should be. While on the other side, due diligence, such as Kira, you mentioned, still needs to get on that learning curve, still needs a lot of training to really make a massive difference in the day-to-day life of lawyers. I think the way I look at the developments in the market, there's a lot of things going on. I would broadly categorize the solutions within uh, two categories. One are point solutions and the other one are platform solutions. Point solutions really focus on elements of a loan life cycle such as specific book building solutions, drafting solutions, conditions precedent, management solutions, such as Litera Transact that you mentioned. And then you have the platform solutions that try to cover a large part or attempt to cover the whole loan life cycle. 
and potentially also the blockchains and other distributed ledger technologies out there that try to disrupt the way syndicated loans are currently done, I would fit into the platform solution category as well. The question is going to be, which one is going to be the winner in the future? You see a lot of activity in the market, either new solutions appearing, a lot of investments going on, a lot of acquisitions as well. Examples are like Terra buying Workshare Transact quite recently, Thomson Reuters buying HiQ. So you can really see the market changing there. I think it's really exciting and really interesting to monitor that development over the coming years to get in the end to a verdict, what will be the type of solution that's going to be dominant in the syndicated loan market? Is it going to be a point solution, several point solutions linked to each other, a platform solution, or perhaps something we're not aware of at this moment? Thanks, Bram. You both make some very interesting comments, particularly on the point versus platform solution. And there's certainly a lot going on. Why do you think financial institutions and law firms are so interested in fintech and the digitalization of syndicated lending? Bram, is this not a threat to these well-established industries? Yes, uh, but with every good spot analysis, I think a threat can also be perceived as an opportunity. I think that the interest of financial institutions and law firms are actually very aligned. I'd like to give three examples. The first one is, I think both see a big business opportunity with fintechs and or legal technologies. The second one is both financial institutions and law firms look for ways to stay ahead of their competition in quite a competitive market in which they operate. And the third example is that both also face challenges in retaining talent. And if people feel that they're performing work that can be done by a computer, for example, then the risk is that you lose that talent more quickly than if you have a very innovative work environment in which they can operate. People want time for their hobbies to, uh, to take them up and uh, would prefer the easier tasks to be automated if they can be. Exactly. And also what you see, especially with sort of the newer generation who have all grown up being used to the internet, being used to smartphones, being used to tablets, they sort of expect the world that they end up working in to also be in the 21st century. And then if they come to the conclusion that it's still very paper driven, yeah, they, they might look for other industries to work in. So the new generation, and that happens, I think, with every new generation, can really speed things up within the environments. I think coming back to the three examples, where it all comes together is LIBOR repapering to make it very specific. Using technology, it provided both banks, but also law firms, a big business opportunity as they could do their work more efficiently by using and deploying legal technology. And for law firms, when they had to pitch for the work to be more competitive, and to be more efficient and also a bit able to reduce write-offs in the end it will help them stay ahead of their competition because as we all know the clients of law firms look at creative solutions to solve their problems and i believe that technology gives law firms the tools to provide those creative and different solutions when they are being compared against other law firms 
And then finally, reviewing thousands of loan agreements to spot the relevant paragraphs that need to be amended given the LIBOR reform. If that had to be done manually, I'm sure that people working on that matter, performing those manual activities, would question whether they're happy at their job. And technology takes at least part of it away. I'm not saying that it's 100% waterproof, but it's a great, great starting point and it's way better than the alternative, which is doing everything manually. Alice, based on your experience, why do you think financial institutions and law firms are interested in fintech and digitization? Quite simply, I think it's because it has the potential to permanently change the loan markets, just in the same way that when the LMA was created back in the 90s, in terms of template documentation, bringing together the syndicated market, having a digitalized syndicated loan market could really change significantly how we all operate. And certainly, I think anybody, to use the example you gave with the LIBOR repapering exercise, Anybody involved in that will no doubt have many headaches associated with the exercise. And I think it's fair to say from my day to day that the ability to use technologies improved that exercise, particularly with large loan books that were being done on similar terms. But there was still a huge amount of effectively repeat exercises, but with enough variation in it that they were all bespoke that needed to be done manually. And from probably a selfish perspective, is there's an opportunity to make that more efficient from both my perspective and from, I guess, Clever Chance perspectives and our clients' perspective. I can't really see why you wouldn't take it. Obviously, taking into account, though, all of these things take their time. Thanks, Alice. So whilst it's clear there is a keen focus on using technology to aid efficiency in loan transactions, undoubtedly there must be challenges for digitalization. Based on your experience in practice, what do you think these challenges are and how can these be overcome? That's an interesting question. I probably already talked too much about the challenges, but I think that's the nature of being a lawyer that I see definitely the risks and the time that it takes to adopt this type of new approach. And I think, again, for for, uh, want of going back to being a lawyer, I would answer your question with another question, which is, where is the smoking gun? I think what we've all seen in the last few years is that when we are required to change, change does happen. So you could take LIBOR, for example, within the syndicated loan market, as an example, you could take the cross-industry working groups that have been set up coming out of that. You could take electronic signing, remote working, video conferencing from the pandemic. All of those are examples of where we've had to change. We've actually changed very, very quickly. And I use the we there very broadly in terms of the wider market. But when you don't have to change do people. <laughs> I think there are some people who who love change and really embrace it and others that not so much. So I think for a fully digitalized loan market to develop, we really need a cultural shift away from the traditional working practices. There are going to have to be some people that put in initial time and resource to understand the technology, to update the systems. And that is going to cost time. It's going to cost money. 
then there's going to be time waiting for who actually adopts those products, who adopts those platforms, talking about what Bram said as to whether it will be more the point-based or more platform-based solutions as to what wins out, which I agree will be a very interesting perspective to see. Working, I guess, in in an institutional structure and what applies to probably most of the people listening to this podcast who will work in similar organisations is that our structures are not necessarily set up for this true collaboration, true kind of endorsement of change. And so that is something that really does have to change. And I think the other thing that's worth thinking about here as well, when we think about these problems, and let's imagine the kind of dream world in the future, what do you want that to look like? I think most people describe the dream big picture, overly optimistic, as this big single platform based solution that allows a fully digitalized loan um, a syndicated loan from start to finish origination down to kind of secondary trading all being done on this platform now we've discussed already why that might not be realistic right now might be possible in the future but it also raises a very interesting question of will we see a kind of winner takes all model develop which we have seen in other businesses uh, with all the problems that go with that with all the monopolies and other things associated with that because really it's when people start adopting and using it that it is most useful to the market if everybody is using the same thing, but that does bring its own problems. Bram, I don't know whether you have any different perspectives on that, being more engaged in the technology side of things. I think I would meet you like halfway there. I'm more optimistic than you are. I think I acknowledge that the syndicated loan market is probably one of the most difficult life cycles or jobs that can be changed given the complexity of the documents, the complexity that goes hand in hand with the number of parties that are involved. And also it's it's an established market. People already have a certain way of working and yeah, change management is always potentially even more time consuming than creating the right technology to actually replace an existing way of working. But I do believe that also the syndicated loan market is going to change significantly because of the opportunities that legal technology can bring and also will bring. And speaking about sort of the incentives, is there an incentive to change? I do believe there is. And as long as employees of banks and law firms or borrowers, which I think also play a very important role try to encourage that change at their advisors, so within the financial institutions, within the law firms, then you will see, I think, a a shift and a change happening. What I also hope, and maybe that's a dream and not going to be realistic, is that we've already seen that with the introduction of an industry body like the LMA, a lot of things have been standardized and have been boilerplated in terms of negotiation. So a lot of the terms of a loan agreement, of a facility agreement is standardized. Can't we take that a level higher? Can't we go and agree a document that is 90% standardized and only 10% negotiated or 95% standardized and 5% negotiated? So it's not just only a technology type question, not just a change management question, but also whether the work that needs to be done can also change 
I'm hopeful that that's possible with everyone being incentivized to change given all of the developments that are going on and all of the possibilities that legal technology can bring. So on that note, looking to the future, what advice would each of you give to our listeners, whether experts in this field or just beginning their fintech journey, on how to prepare for and embrace the digitalization of the syndicated loan market? Bram? I would say be open to change, be curious, so have a curious mindset and also remain realistic. Don't expect that technology can do everything. Have realistic expectations and then I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thanks. And Alice, what do you think? I would completely agree with Brian, actually, in terms of this point, being open to change is essential and essential whether you're an optimist or whether you're a cynic in this area. What I'd say is don't sit on the sidelines, because if you do, you might not like what you end up with. So if you're offered the chance to try a new way of doing something, try it and provide feedback. If you don't like it, say so. If you think it can be improved, say so. That really is the way that not only are we going to create a more digitalized syndicated loan market for the future, but we're going to create one that actually works for the stakeholders involved. Well, thank you both very much for your insights. It's certainly been a thought-provoking discussion. So where does that leave us on our initial question? Is a digital syndicated loan market fact or fiction? It seems that whilst legal technology is increasingly being used in the loan markets, we're not yet at the stage where we have a truly digital syndicated loan market. However, there is a lot of interest and a number of players working in this area. So we expect to see further innovation and developments in 2022 and the years to come. So watch this space. We hope you have enjoyed listening to our podcast. Thank you again for your time and to the LMA for this opportunity.